When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Directly to a door at the end of the hall and paused before it had bent his 
eyes unfocused. She heard nothing. Presently, he opened the door and stepped into the room. Instantly, the feeling of unsureness jolted back, pleasing him where he stood. He made no sign, though his mouth tightened. He forced himself to remain quiet as he glanced around. It could have been the room of a normal 20-year-old, not a boy of eight. Tennis rackets were heaped in a disorderly fashion against a pile of book records. Abruptly, Locke turned. The televisor screen was blank, yet he could have sworn that eyes had been watching him from it. This wasn't the first time it had happened. After a while, he turned again and squatted to examine the book wheels. He picked out one labeled Briophon and Trouble's Logic. He turned the cylinder over in his hand, scowling. Then he replaced it and went out of the room with a last considering look at the televisor. Downstairs, Abigail Schuler was fingering the master-made switchboard. Her prim mouth was as tight as the severe bun of gray shot hair at the back of her neck. Well, good evening, Abby. Where's Absalom? Oh, I was playing, Brother Locke. You're home early. I haven't finished the living room yet. Hmm. <laughs> well, what is it? Good-looking teacher. Well, outdoor exercise is what he needs, eh? I think I'm going to send him to a summer camp. But Brother Locke, I don't see why you won't let him go to Baja, California. He set his heart on it. You let him study all the hard subjects he wanted before. Now you put your foot down. It's none of my affair. But I can tell you he's pining. Well, he'd find worse if I said yes. I have my reasons for not wanting him to study in Trouble's logic. Do you know what it involves? I don't. No, I don't. I'm not an educated woman, Brother Locke. But Absalom is as bright as a button. Locke shrugged and moved to the window, looking down at the play court below where his eight-year-old son played handball. Absalom did not look up. He seemed engrossed in his game. A boy who looked ten, whose maturity level was twenty, Yet he was still a child of eight. Not easy to handle. There were many parents just now with the same problem. Something was happening to the graph curve that charted the percentage of child geniuses born in recent times. Something had begun to stir lazily far back in the brains of the coming generations, and a new species of a sort was coming slowly into being. Locke knew that well. In his own time, he too had been a child genius. Other parents might meet the problem in other ways, he thought stubbornly. Not himself. He knew what was best for Absalom. Other parents might send their genius children to one of the crushes where they could develop among their own kind, but not lost. Absalom's place is here with me, where, where I can... And he caught the husband's eye and shrugged again, nervously, going back to the conversation that had broken off. Oh, of course he's right. But not bright enough yet to go to Baja, California and study Entropic Logic. Entropic Logic. It's too advanced with a boy. Even you ought to be able to realize that. It would involve mental strain that he isn't ready for yet. You let him take calculus. Oh, leave me alone. I think that it's time for another rapport with Absalom. The housekeeper looked at him sharply, opened her thin lips to speak, and enclosed him with an almost audible snap of disapproval. She didn't understand entirely, of course, how a rapport worked or what it accomplished. 
Beach and reviews the real ways in which it was possible to enforce hypnosis to pry open a mind willy-nilly and search it for contraband thoughts. She shook her head, lips pressed tight. Don't try to interfere, Abigail, in things you don't understand. I tell you, I know what's best for Absalom. He's in the same place I was 30-odd years ago. Who could know better? Now call him in, will you? I'll, I'll be in my study. Abigail watched his retreating back, the pucker between her brows. It was hard to know what was best. The mores of the day demanded rigid good conduct. But sometimes a person had trouble deciding in her own mind what was the right thing to do. In the old days, after the atomic wars, when license ran riot, and anybody could do anything he pleased, life must have been easier. Nowadays, in the violent backswing to a Puritan culture, you were expected to think twice and search your soul before you did a doubtful thing. Well, Abigail had no choice this time. She clicked on the wall microphone and spoke into it. Absalom? Yes, Sister Schuler. Come in. Your father wants you. In his study, Locke stood quiet for a moment, considering. Then he reached for the house microphone. Sister Schuler, uh, I'm using the televisor. Ask Absalom to wait. He sat down before his private visor. His hands moved deftly. Get me Dr. Ryan at the Wyoming Quiz Kid crash. Now, this is Joel Locke calling. Idly, as he waited, he reached out to take an old-fashioned cloth-bound book from the shelf of antique curiosity. He read, But Absalom sent spies throughout all the tribes of Israel, saying, As soon as ye hear the sound of the trumpet, then ye shall say, Absalom reigneth in Hebron. Uh, Brother Locke? Uh, Dr. Ryan, I'm sorry to be bothering you. Oh, that's all right. I have plenty of time. And it's supposed to be supervised at the crest, but the kids are running it to suit themselves. How's Absalom? Now there's a limit. I've given the kid his head, outlined a broad curriculum, and now he wants to study in corporate logic. Only two universities that handle the subject in the nearest in Baja, California. Yeah, you could commute by copter, couldn't you? That takes too long. Besides, one of the requirements is inboarding under a strict regime. I got the rudiments at home. Uh, the kids here are taking it up. Uh, are you sure you uh, understood it? Yeah, I understood it enough. Enough to realize it's nothing for a kid to study until his horizons have been expanded. Well, we're having no trouble with it. But don't forget that Absalom's a genius, not an ordinary youngster. I know, I, I know my responsibility, too. A normal home environment has to be maintained. Well, we've disagreed on that point before. All the quiz kids are pretty self-sufficient, Locke. Absalom's a genius and a child. Therefore, he's lacking in a sense of proportion. There are more dangers for him to avoid. I think it's a grave mistake to give the quiz kids their head and let them do what they like. I refuse to send Absalom to a crash for an excellent reason. Putting all the boy geniuses in a batch and letting him fight it out, that's a completely artificial environment. Well, I'm not arguing. It's your business, Locke. Apparently, we'll never admit that there's a fine curve of geniuses these days. A steady increase by another generation. I was a child genius myself, but I got old. I had enough trouble with my father. He's a tyrant. 
claims that luck either managed to warp me psychologically way out of line. I adjusted, but I had trouble. And I don't want Absalom to have that trouble. That's why I'm using psychonamics. Narcosynthesis enforced hypnotism? It's not enforced, it's a valuable mental catharsis. Under hypnosis, he tells me everything that's on his mind, and I, I can help him. I didn't know that you were doing that. I'm not sure it's a good idea. I don't tell you how to run your crash. No, but the kids do. A lot of them are smarter than I am. Immature intelligence is dangerous. Oh, don't think I'm trying to hold Absalom back. In perfect logic, I can understand, but he can't yet. So you have to wait on all. So do you know if your boys have been communicating with Absalom? I don't know. I, I don't interfere with their lives. All right. All right, I don't want them interfering with mine or with Absalom. I wish you'd find out, Ryan, if we're getting in touch with him. Well, I'll try, but if I were you, Brother Locke, I'd let Absalom go to Baja, California if he wants to. Locke broke the connection, and his thoughts moved chaotically through his mind. He forgot that Absalom was waiting for him and remembered only when Abigail's voice on the wall transmitter announced the evening meal. Locke felt the beginnings of a long-standing irritation at Abigail's attitude that she had to protect Absalom against his father. Perhaps conscious of that, Locke himself finally brought up the subject of Baja, California. You apparently have been studying the entropic logic thesis. Are you convinced yet that it's too advanced for you? No, Dad. I'm not convinced of that. I mean, you think my mind couldn't assimilate entropic logic safely? I'm convinced that it could. Mm, exactly. You've the advantage of knowing yourself better than I could know you. But see, you're handicapped by immaturity, a lack of sense of proportion. And I've had the advantage of more experience. Your own, though, Dan. How much would such values apply to me? Well, you must let me be the judge of that, son. Maybe. I wish I'd gone to a queer kid craft, though. Uh, aren't you happy here? Sure, I am, Abby. You know that. You could be a lot less happy. Entropic logic, for instance, presupposes a grasp of temporal variations being assumed for problems involving relativity. Oh, that gives me a headache. And if you're so worried about Absalom overturning his mind, you should be talk to him like that. Coffee, Brother Mark? No? Look, Absalom, until we settle this argument, matters must stand. Now, don't tackle that book on entropic logic again or anything else on the subject, right? I'm not sure. As a matter of fact, the book's already given me a few ideas. Well, you're still young. A few days won't matter. Don't forget that legally I exercise control over you, though I'll never do that without your agreement, and I'm asking you justly. Justice for you may not be justice for me. The next day, Locke went to his classes in an absent-minded fashion, and at noon he televised Dr. Ryan at the Wyoming Quiz Kids Press. Ryan seemed entirely too casual and noncommittal. He said he had asked the Quiz Kids if they had been communicating with Absalom, and they had said no. Uh, but they'll lie at the drop of a hat, of course, if they think it's advisable. 
What's so funny? <laughs> I don't know. The way the kids tolerate me, I'm useful to them at times. But originally, I was supposed to be supervisor here. And now, now the boys supervise me. I have tremendous respect for the quiz kids. And I think you are making a very grave mistake in the way you're handling Absalom. I was in your house once, about a year ago. It's your house, Locke. Only one room belongs to Absalom. You can't leave any of his possessions around anywhere else. You're dominating him tremendously. I'm trying to help him. Are you sure you know the right way? I'm certain. Even if I'm wrong, does that mean I'm committing failure? That's an interesting point. You could have thought of the right word for matricide, parasite, or fratricide easily enough, but it's seldom one kills his son. The word doesn't come to the tongue quite as instantly. What the devil do you mean? Just be careful. I believe you see in the mutant theory after running this crash for 15 years. I wonder if you know that the mutation is supposed to be cumulative. Three generations ago, 2% of the population were child geniuses. Two generations ago, it was 5%. One generation, a sound curve, brother lock, and the IQ mouth proportionately. Wasn't your father a genius too? Uh, he was, but a maladjusted one. I thought so. Mutations take time. The theory is that the transition is taking place right now from Homo sapiens to Homo superior. Yeah, I know. It's logical enough. Each generation of mutations, this dominant mutation at least, taking another step forward until Homo superior is reached. What that will be? I don't think we'll ever know. I don't think we'd understand. How long it will take, I, I wonder. The next generation? I don't think so. Five more generations? Ten? Twenty? Each one taking another step, realizing another buried potentiality until until the summit is reached. Superman, Joel. Well, Absalom isn't a superman. Or a superchild, for that matter. Are you sure? Good Lord, don't you suppose I know my own son? I won't answer that. I, I know I'm certain that I don't know all there is to know about the quiz kids in my crash. Beltram, uh, the Denver crash supervisor, tells me the same thing. These quiz kids are the next step in the mutation. You and I are members of a dying species, Brother Locke. He got home at five. He came in quietly by the side entrance and took the elevator upstairs. Absalom's door was closed, but voices were coming to it faintly. Locke listened for a time, then he rapped sharply on the panel. Absalom! Absalom, come downstairs. I want to talk to you. In the living room, he told Abigail to stay out for a while. With his back to the fireplace, he waited until Absalom came. The enemies of my lord, the king and all that rise against thee to do thee hurt, be as that young man is. The boy entered without obvious embarrassment. He came forward, and he faced his father. The boy's face calm and untroubled. He had poised, Locke saw, no doubt of that. I overheard some of your conversation, Absalom. 
It's just as well. I'd have told you tonight anyway. I've got to go on with that entropic logic course. Who were you advising? A boy I know. Malcolm Roberts in the Denver Quiz Kid class. Uh, discussing entropic logic with him after what I told you. You'll remember that I didn't agree. Then you will also remember that I mentioned that I had legal control over you. Legal, yes. Moral, no. This has nothing to do with morals. It has, though. And with ethics. Many of the youngsters, even younger than I at the Quiz Kid Presses, are studying entropic logic. It hasn't harmed them. I must go to a crest or to Baja, California. I have to. I'm convinced that that particular study might be dangerous for you, Absalom. I don't want you to be hurt. I want you to have every possible opportunity, especially the ones I never had. No. It wasn't lack of opportunity. It was incapability. What? What do you mean? You could never allow yourself to be convinced I could safely study entropic logic. I've learned that. I've talked to other quiz kids. about private matters? They're of my race. You're not. And please don't talk about filial love. You broke that law yourself long ago. Keep talking, Epsom, but make sure it's logical. It is. I didn't think I'd ever have to do this for a long time. But I've got to now. You're holding me back from what I've got to do. The step mutation, cumulative, I see. It is a mutation. Not the complete one, but Grandfather was one of his first steps. You're a father along than he was, and I'm farther than you. My children will be closer toward the ultimate mutation. The only psychonamic experts worth anything are the child geniuses of your generation. Mm, thanks. You're afraid of me. You're afraid of me and jealous of me. <laughs> what about logic now? It is logic. Once you were convinced that the mutation was cumulative, you couldn't bear to think I'd displace you. It's a basic psychological war for you. You had the same thing with grandfather. In a different way. That's why you turned to psychonamics where you were a small god, dragging out the secret minds of your students, molding their brains as animals molded. You're afraid that I'll outstrip you. And I will. And that's why if you study anything you wanted, I suppose, with, with this exception. Yes, it is. A lot of child geniuses work so hard they burn themselves out and lose their mental capacities entirely. You wouldn't have talked so much about the dangerous. Under these circumstances, it hadn't been the one thing paramount in your mind. Sure, you gave me my head, and subconsciously, you were hoping I would burn myself out so I wouldn't be a possible rival anymore. I see. You let me study math, plain geometry, calculus, non-Euclidean, but you kept pace with me. You didn't know the subject already. You were careful to bone up on it to assure yourself that it was something you could grasp. You made sure I couldn't outstrip you. That I wouldn't get any knowledge you couldn't get, and that's why you wouldn't let me take entropic logic. Why? You couldn't understand it yourself. Oh, you tried it, and it was beyond you. You're not flexible. Your logic isn't flexible. It's founded on the fact that a second hand registers 60 seconds. You've lost the sense of wonder. You've translated too much from abstract to concrete. I can understand entropic logic. I can understand it. You picked this up in the last week? No. You mean the report. A long time ago, I learned to keep part of my mind blanked off. 
under your clothing. Oh, that's impossible. It is for you. I am a further step in the mutation. I have a lot of talents you don't know anything about. And I know this. I'm not far enough advanced for my age. The boys in the crushes are ahead of me. Their parents followed natural laws. It's the role of homosexuals to protect homosexuals, as it's the role of any parent to protect its young. But only immature parents are out of step like you. I'm immature, and, and I hate you. I'm jealous of you. You're, you're quite settled on that. Is it true or not? You are still inferior to me mentally, and you will be for some years to come, Absalom. Let's say, if you want it that way, that your superiority lies in your flexibility and your homo-superior talents, whatever they are. Against that, balance the fact that I'm a physically mature adult, and you weigh less than half of what I do. I'm literally your guardian, and I'm stronger than you are. And I'm going to prove to you that you are my inferior. You're going to admit it to me. Locke went upstairs. He touched the switch on his bureau, reached into a drawer, and withdrew an elastic, lucite belt. Back at the door of the living room, he stopped holding the belt. Absalom had not moved, but Abigail Schuler was standing beside the boy. Get out, Sister Schuler. You're not going to hit him. I said get out. I won't. I won't. I heard every word. And it's true. Get out of it. Get no. out of here, I tell you. Locke ran forward, the belt uncoiled in his hand. Absalom's nerve broke at last. He gasped with panic and dashed away, blindly seeking escape where there was none. Locke plunged after him. Abigail snatched up the little hut broom and thrust it at Locke's leg. The man yelled to something inarticulate as he lost his balance. He came down heavily, trying to brace himself against the ball with divine. His head struck the edge of a chair seat. He lay motionless. Over his still body, Abigail and Absalom looked at each other, and suddenly the woman dropped to her knees and sobbed. I But I couldn't let him hear it to you, Absalom. I just took this. He's not dead. Go on upstairs, Abby. I'll give him first aid. I know how. I can't let you. Please, Abby. You'll faint or something. Lie down for a bit. It's all right, really. Absalom, with a thoughtful glance at his father, went to the televisor. He called the Denver Crest. Briefly, he outlined the situation. What had I better do, Malcolm? Wait a minute. Do this. And there followed certain intricate instructions. Just that straight up to him? I've got it. It won't hurt him. He does. He's psychotically worked already. This will just give it a different twist, one that's safe for you. It's projection. Your father will externalize all his wishes, feelings, and so forth on you. You'll get his pleasure only out of what you do. Then he won't be able to control you. You know the psychonomic key to his brain. Work with the frontal lobe chiefly. Be careful of both his areas. We don't want to face you. He must be made harmless to you, that's all. Any killing would be awkward to handle. Besides, I suppose you wouldn't want that. No. He's my father. Absalom turned toward the unconscious figure on the floor. For a long time, the world had been shadowy now. Locke was used to it. He could still fulfill his ordinary function, so he was not insane 
in any sense of the word. Nor could he tell the truth to anyone. They had created a psychic block. Day after day, he went to the university and taught psychonamics and came home and ate and waited in hopes that Absalom would call him on the televisor. And when Absalom called, he might condescend to tell something of what he was doing in Baja, California, what he had accomplished, what he had achieved. For those things mattered now. They were the only things that mattered. The projection was complete. Absalom was seldom forgetful. He was a good son. He called daily, though sometimes when work was pressing, he had to make the call short. But Joel and Locke could always work at his immense scrapbook, filled with clippings and photographs about Absalom. He was writing Absalom's biography, too. He walked otherwise through a shadow world, existing in flesh and blood, and realized happiness only when Absalom's face appeared on the televisor screen. But he had not forgotten anything. He hated Absalom and hated the horrible, unbreakable bond that would forever chain him to his own flesh, the flesh that was not quite his own, but one step farther up the ladder of the new mutation. Sitting there in the twilight of unreality, his scrapbook spread before him, the televisor sat never used, except when Absalom called, but standing ready before his chair. Joel and Lot nursed his hatred, and a quiet, secret satisfaction that had come to him. Someday, Absalom would have a son. Someday. Someday. Want to get smarter about investing? Then tune in to the Capital Ideas podcast from Capital Group, home of American Funds Distributors, Inc., one of the world's leading asset managers. Each week, we bring you stock market outlooks, macroeconomic updates, and investment strategies that can help you succeed. Learn from portfolio managers with decades of experience about how they navigate uncertain markets. Prepare to be engaged, enlightened, and entertained by listening to the Capital Ideas podcast today. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.